0: How are we doing, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the Janice Cretta Show podcast presented to you by Mackard, Mackard Anderson and Associates, PLLC. Thank you for being with me here. I'm recording on a Sunday, August 9th. Um, Before we even get into the show, I want to make a little announcement here that we will be uh, on a consistent schedule moving forward. I know as of recently, it's been kind of a whenever this thing happens, it happens, but I'm going to go ahead and promise each and every one of you that we will have a podcast New podcast audio and YouTube on Mondays and Thursdays. So, Mondays and Thursdays is when you can expect a podcast on this channel. So, make sure to get involved, set your schedule appropriately, set your alarms, subscribe to the podcast. I had someone recently who was like, Man, you know, I, I'm really liking the podcast. I just started listening to it. When are you putting another one out? And I was like, I just put one out yesterday. And he was like, Oh, well, how do I get those notifications? And it turns out, Subscribing via however you're listening, whether it's iTunes or Spotify or whatever, goes a long way. So make sure when you listen, you are actually subscribed to know when we drop the next podcast. Also, if you're watching on YouTube, you may notice that there's a giant microphone in front of my face. Uh, We've changed the microphone situation, added some filters and stuff. So this should sound way different. Uh, It should sound way better. But it's definitely going to sound way different. So if you are watching on YouTube and you're like, man, there's a giant-ass microphone in your face, uh, that's why. So before we go into the show, right before this, Meg the Stallion and Cardi B actually released their newest song. It's called WAP. And the video is taking over uh, everything. So let's go ahead. let's go ahead and sample. Let's go ahead and listen to a little bit live right now on the podcast. Let's listen to a clip. From Cardi B and Meg The Stallion's new song. This is the new hotness. Now I don't want to be a full boomer here. Everyone knows I ain't no boomer. I'm with I'm with the cool kids. I look. I am probably the coolest kid. So I always keep up with the newest songs and and TikTok dances. And we, we all know that we stand Jake Paul, Rice Gum, all that stuff here. So we're listening to Cardi B, Meg The Stallion's new song WAP right here live on the James Smith Show podcast. Let's go ahead and take a listen. Okay, and that was enough from Cardi B and Meg Thee Stallion's new song "WAP." Wow, holy shit! You can hear more of that, I, I guess, on RedTube or something. Okay, let's move on to the actual topics. There's a lot happening here. Uh, I have all the topics pulled up. Let, let's start. Let's y'all want to start with Ellen DeGeneres. DeGeneres, so. Look, I don't want to say I told you so. We don't like to do that here. If you have been listening to this podcast since Jump Street, since January, every single thing that's happened where everyone else is like, man, this is crazy, man, can you believe 2020? You're sitting here like, yeah, I actually can believe it because James said that was going to happen two months ago. And another thing has happened. Ellen DeGeneres, the Olympus has fallen. Ellen DeGeneres has been outed for being the worst person in history, being just mean or being toxic or her workplace environment being awful. This story is really something else. I mean, it, it's there's so much stuff happening. We can't even talk about all of it. So we'll just kind of, I'll give you the brief little tidbits and then we'll talk about the whole thing. So what you need to know is 36 Independent people who worked on her show came out, and now when I say independent people, that means that they didn't all come out together in one letter or one video. They went and gave statements. 36 people independently, and all the statements corroborated with each other. I don't think 36 people came out against Jeffrey Epstein. I don't think 36 people came out against Harvey Weinstein. I'm not sure 36 people came out against Osama bin Laden in 9-11. 36 people, 36 people came out and said, hey, working there sucks. It's toxic. It's awful. She's awful. The show is fake. She's fake. Here's a few things that people are saying happened. First, it's the absolute classic. We've got you know sexual uh, misconduct, whether it's with producers or whoever, coercing staff. Then we go into toxic work environments of you can't wear certain clothes, you can't say certain things, you can't do certain things, you can't eat certain things. And then it goes to Ellen, where Ellen is unapproachable, cannot be talked to, does not reference the people, does not look at anybody. Then we hear things about their guests, you know, her guests are mistreated, she doesn't talk to her guests before coming on air. Then it goes to the the prizes. We've heard stories about when she gives a bunch of CDs to the audience, the audience won't receive them, they just don't have them. It's not pretty. There was a tweet that said, "Hey, share your stories about Ellen, and for every story that I'm that I get, I'll donate $2 to a food pantry." That guy got over 300 submissions of of people's, you know, uh, dealing with Ellen DeGeneres. Now, I'm not going to say that all of them are true. I'm not going to say that, but it is worth noting just how bad it seems to be on the Ellen DeGeneres show. I'm not going to go too deep into Ellen as a person because I don't watch her show. I've never been a huge fan of Ellen. I've never found Ellen like overly funny or overly charismatic, but I have noticed it's kind of interesting when you look at her lineage and you look at her career, I guess. She's kind of like a practical joker with how she, how she is. And she's also kind of like a shock jock. She's like a mix of Howard Stern and like uh, Rob Deerdeck or something. I mean, I, I don't get her shtick. And if you watch a lot of the interviews, especially if you go back and watch the interviews, she's almost like prodding her guests or picking, making fun of her guests or scaring her guests. It's like she's on a, an episode of Hostel or something where... You know, you sit or a, a, you know on Saw where you sit down in the chair. She's, you're in front of millions of people. She's asking you questions simultaneously. People are jumping out of boxes behind you. People are dumping water on you. You're getting scared to death. You're getting asked questions. That you don't even know they're coming. Uh, one of the stories that are one of the interviews that people are really highlighting is the interview with Mariah Carey. So way back in the day when Mariah Carey uh, and, and Ellen are supposed to be really good friends. Uh, Mariah Carey went on the show, and unbeknownst to her, Ellen was prodding her about the rumor that she was pregnant. And Mariah Carey had not announced she was pregnant. Mariah Carey had not mentioned she was pregnant, any of that stuff. And Ellen kept prodding her, and Mariah was just like, ah, you know, I mean, uh, we just want we just don't want to talk about that, you know. And Ellen then, then brought out two glasses of champagne and f- tried to force Mariah Carey. She was like, let's toast to you not being pregnant, obviously, where if Mariah doesn't drink, she's admitting she's pregnant. And then if she does drink, she's not pregnant. So this is alone a really weird thing, right? If Mariah Carey did not know that this was going to happen, she didn't want to announce she was pregnant yet, imagine being in this situation. You're on live TV, and you're sitting there going like, man, there's millions of people watching me. I guess I'm going to have to tell the whole world that I'm pregnant, and that's really none of Ellen or anyone else's business. Now here's the punchline for Ellen and the part that makes this so sad, three weeks later, Mariah Carey had a miscarriage. And that's one of the many things, one of the most famous and most recent was uh, Dakota Johnson. Let's actually play that clip from Dakota Johnson, but this was an interview with Ellen. Give you some backstory. Dakota Johnson had reached, she's an actress, had recently had her 30th birthday, and Ellen tried to goad her into why Ellen wasn't invited to the party. Dakota did not take too kindly to that. So let's go ahead and take a look at that clip. And um, how was the party? I wasn't invited. Actually, no, that's not the truth, Ellen. You were invited. Well, last year, no, last time I was on the show, last year, you gave me a bunch of s*** about not inviting you. But I didn't even know you wanted to be invited. Well, who doesn't want to be invited to a party? Well, I didn't even know you liked me. <laughs> of course I like you. You knew I liked you. Yeah, But I did invite you and you didn't come. So, this time you invited me? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. How do you know? I don't think so. Ask everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Ask Jonathan, your producer. Who okay. said you were? I yeah, was invited. There. Why didn't I go? I don't know. Was it was it, You're out it, of town. it Oh yeah, I had that thing. This interview is interesting because it shows Ellen where you know she's she's trying to show that she's too cool for, or she's not she's too nice for the cool kids party that Dakota was having, and for Dakota to, to kind of clap back at her and, and pretty much call her a liar was a good look into kind of this double standard, this kind of two faced idea of Ellen DeGeneres. Now the result of this backlash is Ellen is you know she's her show is probably going to get canceled. She's already kind of stepping down from it. Her producers have been fired. You know, there's an investigation. There could be lawsuits. It's not looking pretty for Ellen. So Ellen is pretty much uh, canceled. I would call it—I wouldn't call it canceled as much as just outed for what's going on. But really, what we're going to talk about is this idea. I'm pretty sure it was on one of the episodes of this podcast where we were on the back porch or the back deck, and I was talking about coronavirus really kind of removing this this curtain of celebrity. And the, the facade of celebrity has already kind of been waning. And a good reason for that is that everyone's a celebrity now. There, there is no such thing as Hollywood. There is no such thing as the big studios or the big networks, stuff like that. Everyone can be a celebrity. Anyone with a camera, anyone with a social media, anybody with a, with a webcam you know, can be a celebrity. The same thing happened with TMZ. So when TMZ happened and social media happened, what died out? The tabloids. Why would anyone read the tabloids? Because celebrities are—we're already seeing them 24/7. The tabloids were big back in the day when you saw an actor or an actress in a movie or an award show. So whenever you snagged a picture of them at lunch or snagged a picture of them shopping, it was a big deal, and it was cover—it was the cover of tabloids. Like, oh, here's uh, George Clooney shopping for a for a new pair of pants. Well now that celebrities have social media and TMZ exists where TMZ is giving you live video or, or daily updates of what celebrities are doing, we saw their daily life you know we see more of inside celebrities homes than ever before. We know exactly what Kylie Jenner's bedroom looks like or Brad Pitt's cars or what you know what the inside of the rocks gym looks like, what they're eating, what they what their hobbies are, what they do I mean hell half of these celebrities have YouTube channels half of these celebrities, Go live on Twitch every day, so this eliminated very early this kind of thing of celebrity, the mystique of celebrity. Then what coronavirus did, or not coronavirus, but just the the quarantine really. What this did was eliminated the pomp and the circumstance and the, the you know the sets and the lights and the makeup and the and the uh, wardrobe and the writers and all that stuff, the bands, everything that went into these shows. So let's take Ellen's show, just for Ellen's show. Her show right now, she is performing in her like sunroom, right? She's like in her sunroom, she's just kind of hanging out. She has no makeup on, she has no wardrobe, it's just her, and that's it. That eliminates a lot of the Ellen factor. Before, it was just kind of like fun, poppy, happy, funny colors, a band, an audience, all that stuff in her show, and now it's just her in a $27 million mansion in Calabasas. You know, it, it takes this like, oh, she's just a fun-loving pal. She's just my pal. It's like, yeah, she's not really my pal. I can see her. I can see fifteen Moroccan people with with hedge clippers uh, landscaping her her giant ass backyard. Like I'm looking through her back window at this. I, I see this. This is weird. This isn't a, this isn't a fun show. This is a look into Ellen's sunroom. So that already was removing it now, right? Then all of a sudden, it's well, it's just Ellen and a camera, it's not her writers, it's not her team, it's not her music, it's not her audience. So, all of this charisma and all of this this stuff that celebrities are just kind of given is removed. I don't really watch a lot of this TV, I certainly don't watch the Ellen show, but I would guess that TV well, Jimmy Kimmel's already been canceled, but I would guess shows like uh, you know, Jimmy Fallon's late night show, I would guess his late night show is very different than whatever the hell they're producing from his bedroom. It's just, when you scale it down, you start to realize, like, what are these people? Why are people, what, these are just people. You know, these are just people who normally have a huge-ass team of writers, producers, engineers, audience, bands, whatever. And now, when it's just them, they don't really have much to offer. And I said this months ago that celebrity would die because of this and Ellen DeGeneres now hers is for a little bit more nefarious reasons but Ellen DeGeneres's star has faded and you're talking about a star that's been burning for 30 years I mean she had a tv show in the early 90s and it took her what four months of quarantine to completely ruin her entire image it's a powerful thing I'm telling you this this new era of removing celebrity and removing these the big Hollywood thing and, and the, these national studio or these uh you know global studios we're kind of jumping ahead here but this this skips to another thing I wanted to talk about so I heard recently that Joe Rogan is moving out of California he's moving to Texas Theo Vaughn is another huge podcaster huge comedian who's moving out of California and he's moving to Nashville Tennessee and this is something else that goes hand in hand with the idea that, you know, celebrity is dead, or this idea that's like California, you know, whatever, the Warner Brothers lot, the Sony lot, what what have you. Why do these celebrities have to live anywhere? They can do whatever the hell they want. They are the person. These individual creators are the entire thing. You can set up an entire studio in a room for seriously probably $500. You can get a top of the line microphone for a couple hundred bucks, a webcam or a DSLR camera for anywhere from $100 to $500, some lights for another 100-200 bucks, and that's it. The editing software maybe 150 bucks, 200 bucks depending on what you get. Audio editing's free, and that and you're done. Uploading to YouTube, uploading to, you know, your own website or what have you, is pretty much free. So why do these people have to live in California? For Theo Vaughn or any podcaster, it makes perfect sense. If you're traveling, if you're a traveling comedian, don't put yourself on the West Coast or the East Coast. Put yourself in the middle of the country, where it's so much easier to travel. It's so much easier to move around. You want to do a show in L.A.? You want to do a show in New York? It's way easier than going from L.A. to New York or L.A. to Florida or, or whatever it is. And you don't all of a sudden have to live by the governance of whatever of the state of California. You can choose. You can choose the rules you want. You can choose, oh, I like how uh, Texas is run. I like how Tennessee is run. I like how Montana is run. I like the weather in blank. All of a sudden, these independent content creators, or just independent creators in general, are realizing they don't need this. They don't need the glamour of LA. They don't need the glamour of New York. They can just do whatever they want to do. So Joe Rogan is the biggest podcaster. Joe Rogan is the biggest in in that field. And him leaving is huge, but I think now you're going to see way more people leaving, way more people getting out of there. Especially when you think about think about just comedians, right? The whole idea was, I'm going to move to California, I'm going to work open nights, I'm going to, I'm going to open mics, I'm going to work open mic nights, I'm going to do all this stuff, at these comedy clubs, and then I'm going to make it big. I'm going to I'm going to get invited to a big comedy club, or a, or a producer, or a director is going to see me. Well. That's not really a thing anymore because comedy clubs don't exist. So where is the comedy? The comedy's on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter. They ain't in studios. It's not at the comedy store. It's not at uh, some, other, some other local pub. None of those places exist. Open Mic Night is on Twitter. Open Mic Night is on Instagram. I've thought it was kind of weird for a while now that people were like, I want to be a stand-up comedian. I'm going to go to blank open mic night. It's like, hey, man, you might just want to write something, video, do the editing, whatever, and put it on Twitter or YouTube. If you get 500,000 views every couple of Instagram posts, that's way better than performing a four-minute set in, in front of some people on an open mic night. Now, I understand the whole idea of like, hey, look, you, know, you got to get on a stage. You got to get in front of a crowd. Look, I get it. Okay, I don't, I don't need these comedy purists coming at me for saying this. But times have absolutely changed. One hundred percent times have changed as far as the scope and how you move stuff around. So seeing Joe Rogan leaving California, seeing Theo Vaughn leaving California and then just going wherever they want does not surprise me in the least. In the least. I've told the story a hundred times on the on this podcast. When I was a newspaper reporter, a big part of why I left newspaper reporting, why I left that whole world was because i saw the independent creator becoming bigger than terrestrial radio, news stations or newspapers. It is and that's exactly what happened. And even nowadays, even nowadays if i gave a talk at a college, could you imagine? If i gave a talk at a college, i would tell everyone there, look, if you want to make if you want to work at a local news station, fine. But you're way better off creating content on YouTube or Twitter or Twitch or Instagram, whatever, and try and get discovered there. If you go to a place and you say, hey, look, I've never worked in terrestrial radio, but I have a podcast that has a, make it a number up, 2,000 person a week reach, and I do that and I can bring that audience with me, that terrestrial radio station should listen. And that's a much bigger demo builder than anything else you had before, I promise you that. So I know I'm not saying that everyone that listens to this show listens to this show because of content creation or because they're a content creator, but it's just interesting to note this kind of change that we're in right now. We're we're in. I would har, I would kind of compare this to back whenever like the do like the World Wide Web kind of hit their boom, and you started seeing these companies like Amazon or eBay or whatever, where you're like, man, you know, let's set up a shop online, and that'll be way better than a shop. You know, a brick-and-mortar store, and that happened there. And all these companies that took advantage of that, they blew up. We're in that exact same world now where you're seeing all of this change with just creation, and it goes to movies, to music, to everything. It's not just podcasts. It's not just YouTube. It's not just Twitch or or any of that stuff. It's not just this space. It's not just what we are doing. It's how you will ingest content in the future, I'm telling you all. How you ingest content moving forward is going to be completely different. I know I, d- I don't use this website, but let's just think about the idea of OnlyFans versus like Playboy. So when I was growing up and before me, well before me, Playboy was huge. Playboy was an enormous thing. If you're on the cover of Playboy, you're probably one of the biggest actresses or musicians or models in the world. And... and Think about how many people, I don't have the subscriber numbers in front of me, but I would, I would guess that there was a ton, a ridiculous number of people getting Playboy every month, right, paying a fee, probably like 30 bucks a month or something, to have a magazine with photos of nude women sent to their house. Think about how crazy that is. Think about how insane, people don't even get magazines anymore, much less magazines of naked celebrities, Okay. And then and just naked models. It's that alone is like, man, this is a pretty archaic idea, right? Now what do we have nowadays? So well then, so what what killed Playboy? I have no idea how we got to this part. <laughs> I was not expecting to talk about this on the show. Sometimes my brain my brain rambles as I'm rambling and we go down a direction that i never even saw coming. But no pun intended. But what killed Playboy? Porn. Porn on the internet or, excuse me, internet porn killed Playboy because you had this, these websites that could give free videos and stuff out and they made their money through ads. And they made their um, their money through site traffic and stuff like that. So they didn't need to charge a service. So that killed uh, Playboy. Now what do we have? We have those porn stars or just people who are in that industry where they realized, oh, shit, well, I can just create my own stuff. I don't need the producer. I don't need the middleman, and I'll sell it on my own OnlyFans website. Now, what is OnlyFans? OnlyFans is a website where anybody, doesn't have to be a girl or a model or anything, can put up videos or YouTube or videos or photos, excuse me, to people who pay for a subscription. So you pay, let's just pretend I have an OnlyFans, Oh, what a dark, dark dangerous place that would be. Let's pretend I have an OnlyFans and I charge people $10 a month for full access to my private photos and videos. Oh, what dark, dark twisted photos and videos those would be. And then every however often I would post a video of, you know, casual stuff, me in a furry outfit, maybe, you know, me barefoot stepping on a, a pile of yogurt or something. What we don't have to we don't have to get into you know, the whole, you know, we don't have to get into the, the real, the details of what would be on my OnlyFans, but I'd post a video or a photo of that and people would enjoy it, whatever. And that would be it. But if I had a thousand people who were paying $10 a month for me, I'm way better off than worrying about, you know, a production company and videos and shoots and the, you know, the middlemen and, or Playboy or whatever. And that's just how it is now. We went from having a subscription to Sports Illustrated to following twenty sports reporters on on a Twitter and Instagram. You know, we get our sports stories via that now. So it's just we're in this changing universe of of uh, of just in this digital era where it's evolved again. And I tell you this, I mean, who in the world could have started with? I mean, we we're, this podcast has been going on for 27 minutes or so right now. We went from Ellen DeGeneres, absolutely brilliantly segued into Theo Vaughn and Joe Rogan leaving California. Set, somehow took a detour at Playboy and uh, p- porn. Then we took even a darker turn to me selling barefoot feet pictures you know where I'm stepping on a pile of yogurt for ten dollars a month. We we stopped off there, and now we're detouring again into an ad for our presenting sponsor, MacHard Matt MacHard Matt Anderson and Associates PLLC. I love how many people listen to this podcast, but I also love how many people ask me about the services of MacHard Matt MacHard Matt Anderson and Associates PLLC. Now listen, I know ne- I look. I hope you never get into a situation where you're t-boned by an eighteen-wheeler because the driver may have had one or two too many trulies. And if you have two too many trulies, you're out. Okay. I don't know what the hell's in truly. I got a sneaky feeling we're all going to pay for it in about forty years when our fingers start falling off or something from whatever the hell is in those things. But let's say you have the eighteen-wheeler driver. He knocks out a couple of damn strawberry lemonades. He's sleeping at the wheel. You get t boned. I hope that never happens to you. Why? Because I love you. Because you're a listener. You're a supporter. Me and you are on the same team. We're fighting through this simulation that we call life. We're trying to, you know, just we're trying to stir the pot, rip down the the curtains that that hide all of the Hollywood elites, the global pedophiles. We're tearing it all down here. So we're on the same team. I don't want you to be in that situation, but I'm glad that if you are in that situation. The good folks at MacHard MacHard Anderson Associates, PLLC are on your side because they're on my side as the presenting sponsor. Write this number down, ladies and gentlemen. 601-450-1715, the Hattiesburg-based law office. My God, are they the top-of-the-line service. I, I It gives me a tickle. It gives me a tickle every time I, I pass one of these billboards with one of these people saying 15 minutes or less, one click, that's it, one call, that's all, you know exactly who the hell I'm talking about because there's probably 15 billboards in your in your city. They ain't tricking us. Say it with me. They ain't tricking us. The, the time is over for those people. The time is up for being tricked. Say it with me again. You ain't tricking us. Do you think, really, that you can settle your, ins- your uh, lawyering needs Your security for your future or for your family and your future. In 15 minutes or less or one click, that's it. I can't get a thin crust pepperoni with banana peppers and jalapenos in 15 minutes or less. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? And you'd be well better off spending 15 minutes ordering a Pizza Hut than one of those lawyers. And I had to just stop myself from from saying a dirty word to describe those lawyers. And we don't say stuff like that on this channel because we are a family values podcast first and foremost again guys let me go through everything that they can do for you car wrecks 18-wheeler collisions wrongful death bad faith insurance claims fire loss termite damage offshore injuries employment discrimination my god is there anything these guys can't do whatever your situation is it's important to them again 601-450-1715 or go to their website a beautiful website i look at it all the time sometimes i don't even need lawyering i just go to their website and look around MacHardlaw.com M-C H A R D L A W dot com. Tell them James Cometa sent you or you heard about their product on the James Cometa Show podcast, and they'll move you to the front of the line. That is my guarantee D promise. So I think we've talked about uh my OnlyFans enough. Let's talk about some, you know, actual stuff happening in our society. This is kind of an interesting story. So Jonathan Isaac if you don't know who Jonathan Isaac is, he is a basketball player for the Orlando Magic. But anyways, he's playing at basketball in the NBA bubble. And if you haven't watched any of the NBA bubble, they're doing, you know, typical kneeling for the anthem, Black Lives Matter stuff. All good. Doesn't matter. Well, Jonathan Isaac was, he stood for the national anthem. And he got a little bit of shit for it. And, you know, when I saw this, I was thinking, oh, this is going to be rich. This is going to be a teaching moment for everyone. Here's the teaching moment before I even get into the story. The teaching moment is, Drew Brees did this exact same thing. We covered that on this podcast. Well, he actually didn't do the exact same thing. He said he would do this. He said he would stand for the national anthem. He didn't actually do it yet. So he said he would do it. Do y'all remember how that went? If you don't remember, they were chanting, fuck Drew Brees in the streets, and the entire sports media We're trying to force Drew Brees to retire. Very interesting. Now, Jonathan Isaac literally stood for the anthem in the same line as his teammates who were all kneeling for the anthem. Now, here on this podcast, we all know that there's nothing wrong with this because it's a very serious situation. And it's a very complex situation. And you shouldn't make a decision on a very serious situation and a very complex situation because everyone else is doing it. If Jonathan Isaac thinks, man, I don't know if I want to, I don't know if kneeling to the national anthem really kind of matches my beliefs on Black Lives Matter and social discourse. If he believes enough of like, I don't know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of iffy on this, then don't kneel. Don't kneel unless you know why you're kneeling. Don't put on a shirt unless you know why. We say that all the time. All you need to do is think a little bit, have a little critical thinking. There is absolutely nothing with both Jonathan Isaac not kneeling for the national anthem, and other players kneeling for the national anthem. Doesn't matter at all. That's just that. Dude, uh, to quote, you know, the great Jeff Bridges. That's just like your opinion, man. That's it. Okay, no problem at all. Now. I thought it would be interesting to see the reactions. I had a sneaky feeling that nobody would be calling for Jonathan Isaac to retire, that no one would be calling for the Orlando Magic to um, you know, release him, that nobody would be, or none of his teammates would be just shitting on him on social media or just trashing him like Drew Brees' teammates did. I had a feeling they wouldn't have protests in the middle of Orlando saying, f*** Jonathan Isaac. And wouldn't you believe it? That actually didn't happen. Now, there was some problematic uh, response. Dan Lebitard from ESPN, uh, there, his show put up a, a poll, and he took it down. He apologized for it because he said it was ridiculous, and he said it, was, you know, it just wasn't what he wanted it to be, which is good for Dan. You know, good for Dan that, that he did that. But the poll, oh, I, I forgot to explain why the poll. So a couple days after Jonathan Isaac didn't kneel, he tore his ACL. And his season's over. Very sad. And Dan Lebertard's poll was, uh, is it, here it is, Uh, what is it? Is it funny the guy who refused to kneel immediately blew out his knee? And then it was a poll of yes or or no. Now, again, Dan took that down and he admitted that it completely missed the mark. And it it was in bad taste and all that stuff. So, understandable. And the whole thing's blown over. It's been a week. That was a week ago. A week ago it happened, like five, you know, 6 days ago something like that, and he's already had the surgery. He's he's in, you know, he's he's doing fine. But it is very interesting to look at it. And it's very interesting to look at why it happened like that. Now, let me ask you. I'll ask you the listener. You now look, I know that if you're listening to this, you probably listen to every podcast. So, I'll ask you, why do you think? Why do you think the reaction to Jonathan Isaac not sta- not kneeling for the national anthem was so different than Drew Brees saying he wouldn't kneel for the national anthem. I'll give you, I'll give you four seconds. Go ahead. If you said that the reason is because Jonathan Isaac is black and Drew Brees is white, you are wrong. Surprise. No, I don't think it is a race thing. I think what happened was Drew Brees was first. I think Drew Brees was first, and the outcry, the social media shitstorm, per usual, was to crucify him. Barabbas, Barabbas. I think this is the third or fourth time we've made the Barabbas reference in the Drew Brees story. I don't know how this all works, ladies and gentlemen. Just buckle up, and you're on for the ride. But that's, that's why is that Drew Brees just kind of said something in the middle of protest, and he was the first, and so the social media echo chamber went bananas. Now, look, if you're sitting here going, whoa, 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 James, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not wrong, okay? It it definitely is a racial thing. That may have a little, like, that. I'm not saying that's completely nothing, but I don't think it's a situation where it's 100% just racial. I think it's really just kind of like, They exploded on Drew Brees, and then we saw Deshaun Jackson happen. We saw some other athletes opening their mouth. We saw Kanye West opening his mouth. So all of a sudden, people started to hear a bunch of different sides, and people started to think kind of differently. And just through almost a forced discussion of the whole process, we saw Drew Brees, you know, he apologized. We saw Deshaun Jackson apologize. So we saw not only the situations occur, but we also saw the situations resolve themselves. So now when Jonathan Isaac does it, people have been forced to see both sides. And so people aren't as volatile towards the situation as with Drew Brees. The Sean Jackson situation, we said on this podcast, we skewered Stephen A. Smith and everyone else at ESPN for not going in harder on Deshaun Jackson. And I believe the reason they didn't go harder on him is because they were exhausted from going too hard at Drew Brees. That happens all the time, I'm telling you. That happens all the time is that something happens in the news and people go ballistic because the first time they see it, they have all the energy about it. Then something very similar happens about two weeks later and people are already tired. People have already spent all their energy getting mad or worked up or whatever about the first thing and they just don't have the time. They don't have the the just capabilities to have that much vitriol and that much anger over and over and over. So Jonathan Isaac being this late into the story to you know say he or to not kneel, people were just kind of like kind of tired, kind of just fatigued. It's it, that's what it is. It's a fatigue of this this uh class, you know, just kind of just like anger and this and this rage, just immediate uh, reaction. So it's kind of interesting when you see that, but it goes more of what I say with the Drew Brees thing was that if you take a step back with Drew Brees and you really thought about what he said and how he handled his whole situation and you thought about everything as a whole and then reacted there's no need to be like hey Drew Brees should retire right i mean think about that just think about situation a drew brees called to retire situation b jonathan isaac there was like a twitter poll or something and I, that was about it you know like th- you talk about very different it's not like they were it's not like they were both getting ridiculed in in the public One was called to end his career and the other one really just kind of had nothing going on. So I'm telling you guys, and I know you all do this because you're all listeners to the podcast, but just think first, just think first and then react. That will always go better. But I, you know, Jonathan Isaac tearing his ACL right after this all happened, hate to see it. Hope he gets better, obviously. But yeah, I'm a, Definitely was interested in seeing how that would all play out. I I honestly didn't think that it would all play out that way because I didn't think it would go away so soon. But it was literally out of the news cycle in 12 hours, something like that. So Let's move on a little bit. Have you all heard about this? Dwayne The Rock Johnson, former wrestler, former World Heavyweight Champion, former WWE Champion, wants to tap... Oh, I don't know why I'm reading this headline. I have this story... (laughs) So, the way I've been doing it recently is that I have like a website up or a web page up, and then I have a bunch of tabs of the stories I want to cover. And then once I cover the story, I just eliminate the tab to kind of make sure I don't forget any stories. And so I just have a random story up to cover this, even though I don't like cover the specific story I have pulled up. So, I was reading the headline. The headline is Dwayne The Rock Johnson wants to tap the XFL's reality TV potential. What I want to talk about is that Dwayne The Rock Johnson has bought the XFL. So the XFL is the football league that challenged the NFL, or was trying to challenge the NFL before coronavirus. Um, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, who we will just now call The Rock, uh, and his ex-wife and a group of investors bought the football league for $15 million. And, you know, I mean, the XFL's viability is is a different story, I guess, in my opinion, what the XFL always should have been is just a supplement to the idea of football. Everyone loves football. Everybody loves football parties, fantasy football, betting on football, whatever, watching football. What the XFL should have always been was, okay, we have the NFL from September to January, whatever, September to February. The XFL should start their season two weeks after the Super Bowl and end their season right before the NFL starts. Just be football. That's it. You don't have to do anything crazy. Just be football. What you don't want to do is compete with the NFL. You don't want to compete with college football. Just be football when there is no football. You know people want to watch football. If your NFL fantasy football season ended, and two weeks later you can do a fantasy football draft for the XFL, people are going to do it. If Monday Night Football was your thing and all of a sudden you have a new Monday Night XFL or a Sunday Night XFL, you're going to watch. Why? Because you probably just love football. People just do. It's just part of this country. It is as American as I guess Donald Trump. So, that's what I think the XFL should have been moving, you know, the whole time. I I think you take good players, failed, you know, failed NFL players, uh players that have a huge personality or a huge following like Johnny Manziel or Tim Tebow give them their team, put them on prime time, and let the rest happen. It's really not that not that hard. The reason I'm bringing this up is because I think right now a very interesting thing could happen with the XFL. The XFL really is nothing. I think they played for like three weeks, maybe four weeks, whenever the coronavirus hit. What if, and I'm spitballing here, what if the XFL took eight teams, and they said, we're going to take eight new teams, And we're going to have all kind of players from college and former players in the NFL, whatever. And we're going to put those eight teams in a bubble. And we're going to play. We're going to play a season with players in a bubble. And we're going to pay them. I have a feeling that would be huge. Huge. And would probably be the most successful debut possible for a sporting league. Especially a football sporting league. The NFL can't do that. The NFL cannot take its 32 teams and put them in a bubble and play a season. They're already 30, 40, 50, you know, I mean, that's that's actually a low number. But they're already multi-millionaires. They're already hugely paid players. They're not going to go sit in a bubble for an entire season. Now, if you call some failed college players, some players who aren't even on NFL teams, and you tell them, like Troy Smith an example, or, or Cardell Jones, or players like that who... Heisman winners Heisman candidates Didn't make it in the NFL All of a sudden They can play Johnny Manziel Tim Tebow Whatever And you tell them Alright You come in this bubble And there's eight There's eight teams You can play here For the next Make it a ten game season Whatever You can be here For the next three months And we'll pay you And that's it And we'll, and we'll uh, You know Have the game We'll televise the games They're all doing that If the, if, the, if the NBA players will Those people will and people, right now, we're like three weeks, really two weeks away from when football would have already been happening. So people already are wanting that. Imagine if the NFL and college football have to cancel their seasons. And right behind that comes swooping in Dwayne The Rock Johnson saying, oh, y'all y'all uh, missed your football, huh? I noticed the NFL and college are canceling. Well, guess what? The XFL ain't canceling. Welcome to the XFL bubble. Now, it's really hard to be like, hey, buy a sports team on Tuesday and the following Tuesday announce your first inaugural season in a month. So I understand that, you know, it's kind of a pipe dream, but man, if I was The Rock, well, first of all, if I was The Rock, I'd have to buy a lot, a lot of different clothes and none of my shirts would have sleeves on them. Very few of my shirts have sleeves on them in general, but if I was The Rock, I really wouldn't have sleeves. But I think, man, like that, that that's an opportunity where the XFL all of a sudden, even though I said they shouldn't challenge the NFL, all of a sudden the XFL becomes a very big player in that space. If they could somehow formulate a six to 18 bubble and give us some football. Speaking of football, this happened just before the podcast, this, this tweet happened actually less than an hour. From, well, this about 10 minutes before I started the podcast, but less than an hour from right now, this is from Kentucky sports radio, Matt Jones, uh, Huge creator in the in the sports in the digital sports space. Quote, I am told Big Ten Commissioner let the SEC folks know today, that Sunday, that they would cancel the season by Tuesday in hopes that all the power five will announce together. So this is college football. This is referencing the idea that it's over. This is referencing the idea that the Big Ten is going to cancel the college their their season. The Mac. The Mac has already canceled, but who gives a shit about the Mac? So now we're looking like the Big Ten may turn around and cancel, and they're hoping that like the SEC, the Big twelve, everyone will cancel at the same time. So according to Matt Jones and, and these other you know he's not the only person, but he's where I saw it. If you go on Twitter, there's tons of people, uh, tons of people saying this. this is from sports center commissioners of the power five conferences held an emergency meeting on Sunday, as there is growing concern among college athletics officials that the upcoming football season and other fall sports can't be played again. I do not want to be a told you so thing, but I told y'all this so long ago that college sports were not happening. It's impossible. You can't have what's happening in the country and then play college athletics because you can't put them in a bubble. They have to travel where they're going to live. Like there's too many variables we can't, be, we can't be simultaneously trying to delay the election and let college football happen. So it was just asinine to even believe this was going to take place. I, of course, was hoping it would take place, but I was also hoping that the coronavirus would be over by June, but people are scared to death to wear a mask, and they love uh, funneling beers in large groups. So that's not going to happen either. But here's another quote. In the next 72 hours, college football is going to come to a complete stop. Yeah, I mean, I said a long time ago, this was never going to happen, but... But this looks like it's a thing. So since we're on this podcast and we are a relatively new show, let's talk about how it's going to work out. Do, first, I guess the first thing is, do I think this is the right move? Uh, I, it, it's hard for me to be like, oh, yeah, it's the right move. I would phrase it as I don't know what the other move is, sadly. Uh, there's just too much that goes into college football that goes too much into professional football. or Not, not even professional, but you could attempt to do it in professional like have a season. Colleges can't happen. You know, there, it's already hard enough to imagine colleges happening, much less college football happening on the side of the colleges. So I think it's just an ugly reminder of the coronavirus. My hope is that this is a thing where we... Uh, it, it's harder. It's harder to believe this the longer we go. I mean, we went into quarantine... March 19th, I think. So we're looking at like March, April, May, or April, May, June, July, now August. So almost five months of this really happening here in America. And it's hard now to imagine, oh yeah, we'll clear this up soon. Because we're not even close to clearing up now. So it's less of like, hey man, do you think college football should happen? And I'm thinking more along the lines of like, hey, we're teetering on this is just reality. You know, unless this gets cleared up, and look, I I I have this conversation so much because we have been talking about the coronavirus we on a weekly basis now, and I have this conversation all the time, and people are still saying like, well, I mean, you know, we we just got to open them up, we just got to open up the doors, we just got to do this, we got to have a herd immunity, we got to just let people get it. It's just a flu. It's not that big of a deal. You're not going to die. It's like, look, I look, hey, hey, hey. none of that matters we're obviously not right like we're obviously not just going to do that so what are our options here our options or is the option a we all just figure this out people start wearing a mask quarantining stuff like that and this goes away or is option b this is just kind of life that this is just kind of life now and even if in a year right even if in a year it does kind of take care of itself but if we live this life for a year then that's pretty much just life right like if you told me, hey, man, this will be totally good in exactly two and a half years, that might as well be 100 years. Because living this lifestyle is tough. It's real tough. And this college football thing is a reminder that this thing is here. Whether you believe it or not, and whether, you know, whoever in your town or city or friend group, whether they believe in it or not, is really irrelevant. Because this is this is what's happening. College football is getting canceled. The NFL is getting canceled. We're on like our 13th or 14th straight day of a MLB game getting canceled or postponed because of coronavirus. Uh, bars can't serve alcohol. Where I live, they can't even be open past 11 p.m. You can't go into restaurants without masks. I have yet to go into a restaurant. Like I have yet to eat, you know, go and sit in a restaurant and eat. I've been to some, some places and had drinks or whatever, like on a patio or, or what have you, but or whatever. But I have not been served food you know like sat there and ate since all this stuff happened and most of that was way at the beginning when the mask ordinance wasn't even a thing so it's just crazy to think like it's gone this long and now we're getting into christmas and halloween and thanksgiving and all that and and we're staring down a real thing where you know people i think still think this is a game people still think this isn't real people still think it's just kind of like a bad flu or something but look when there's no football when there's no football at all, and we go through a year or a, a you know, a cycle where there's no March Madness, there's no Olympics, there's no NFL, there's no college football, uh there's no whatever, Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's, there's no New Year's Eve parties and all that stuff, people are gonna be looking around like, How do we let this happen? How did we let this happen? So whether I think it's the right call or not with football, it's just a sobering reminder of really the reality we're in, and you know, like I just said at the beginning of this, it really doesn't matter what you believe about the virus because we're we're in this space, you know like it's we're not in a situation where it's like hey, check check yes or no if you believe in the virus, and if you say no, you get college football, you know it's like we're just universally not getting this stuff, we're universally having to live in this space. I was just having a conversation with my um uh, with my mom yesterday. We are talking about Chinese food, and I love Chinese food. I was thinking, I have not had Chinese food in almost six months because I haven't gone to a Chinese buffet. And I used to go all the time, like once, twice, like probably twice a month would just go to a Chinese buffet. And I have it's just gone. It's just gone like that. like It never existed. And I'm thinking to myself, when the hell is the next time will I ever go to a Chinese buffet again? It was just gone in a heartbeat. You know, I've had like takeout from my... Favorite uh, Japanese restaurant, but that's but that's not Chinese food. You know, it's, it's totally different. So it's just crazy how some things are totally eliminated because of this coronavirus. And as we're getting into the holidays and as we're getting into the NFL season, I just can't imagine a year with no, you know, Super Bowl or no no college football or college national championship or Heisman or whatever. And unfortunately. That's becoming more of a reality, and it is it is certainly, certainly scary. Absolutely, no doubt about that. Let's go ahead and wrap the show up here, ladies and gentlemen. We do not have too much longer. Um, I hope you have a fantastic Monday. But one thing I wanted to touch on, and this is something else that I've had a lot of conversations with recently, but right now I've had more people ask me about Pizzagate, the pedophile scandal, the pedophile ring. I've had more people ask me to send them, you know, videos of, of information, whether it's with Epstein or, or Podesta or, you know, just like Maxwell or whatever. And first thing I want to say, let me preface this, or as uh, my good friend Ryan would say, let me preface this by saying I am by far, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. Like there, there are people I know personally who are tried and true conspiracy theorists, tinfoil hat kind of guys. I'm not one of them. I, I believe in some conspiracy theories. I'm, I'm open ears to all conspiracy theories. I'm always welcoming a good conspiracy, but I would not call myself a conspiracy theorist. Now, with that being said, I like how many people are opening their eyes and listening and wanting to get information on what the hell is going on out there. I would tell you, Right now is a very good time for you to do a deep dive. And I'm not talking about JFK getting you know, blasted in a parade in Dallas. I'm talking about really take a look at what's happening in this world right now as far as the global elite, the Jeffrey Epstein stuff, the Ghislaine Maxwell stuff, uh, all of that. Take a hard look at the information right now and really think about the world around you. It's very interesting, very, very interesting. I'm not saying to believe all of it, but I've heard a lot of people who are um, having conversations right now where they're trying to open their eyes and they're trying to think out of the box. Again, I'm not saying that all of it's true. I'm not saying that you know Wayfair is shipping kids in boxes, but I think right now is a great time to look at this thing that's going on. You know, we we always talk about how the generation ahead of us was just told things. and They're like, oh yeah, we landed on the moon. That's pretty dope. Cool. Yeah, I'm about it. Okay. But no one really said, well, hold on a second. Did we land on the moon? And now, you know, we, we're the generation that does question things. And so keep questioning, keep critically thinking. And, uh, it, it's healthy. It is healthy. I, I've said for a long time, I've said on this podcast that, you know, like what makes, if you're a Christian or a Catholic, let's say you're Catholic, Sometimes what makes the strongest Catholic or the strongest believer is someone who questions and someone who is doubted. A lot of the times you can figure out who you are as a person or what your reality is like or what you want your reality to be like if you question. If you ask questions, if you doubt, if you find the answers, stuff like that. So that's something that I would uh, behoove all of you to do is to do some deep digging into this world around us, especially as we go into an election season where, and now it's going to be a really crazy election season, but it's good to try and figure out what the hell is true, what the hell is false, and uh, what your nation, wherever you live, because we, we have some overseas listeners according to the demographics, but wherever you live, take a good look at... Uh, And what's actually happening around you. So I will leave you with that. Thank you for listening. Again, Monday and Thursday. Every Monday and Thursday. Every Monday and Thursday. I promise you we will have a podcast every Monday and Thursday. So hold me to that. I will hold myself to that. Uh, I am James Scumetto. And this is the James Scumetto Show podcast. You can find me. Get in touch with me uh, on my OnlyFans. I'm just kidding. On my Twitter and Instagram. Pretty active on both. Um, at James underscore Scrametta, the actual underscore symbol, not the actual word. So James underscore Scrametta, S K R M E T T A. Again, thank you to our presenting sponsor, MacHard MacHard Anderson and Associates PLLC. Love those people over there, protecting each and every one of you. Have a great week, ladies and gentlemen. We cover a lot of stuff today, and I will see you and talk to you Thursday to help guide you through this insane time. Who better? To guide you through the craziest time in American history. Easily the craziest time in American history. Who better to guide you than me? So I'll see you Thursday. Thank you for listening to the James Kometa Show podcast. Are you listening? Damn. Uh. Yeah.